Good morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've created, that we get to uh, just come together as a body and to worship you and to just spend time with each other and to spend time uh, with you glorifying who you are and what you've done. So God, this time of worship we give to you, have your way. Have your way. Move past the things that we may have brought in with us, God. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our souls. We release you to have your way. Amen. Just as we're singing this song this morning, I just cannot not think of when I became a Christian. I just listen to the words of the song and I think, man, he did all that for me when I was 17 years old. Right here on this church floor, somehow he found a way and salvation came into my life. And I know this morning he can do that for anybody in this room, but more than that, he can do it for our entire community. And so this morning I want us just to do something as an act. I want us to stretch our hands up to our community. And I want to pray for our community in whatever direction you want to stretch your hands. But this is what we want to pray. We want to pray for this salvation to hit our community in a way that it's never hit it before. And so, Father, this morning we come before you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare salvation over this community. Salvation over this community, Father God. For each one right now, Father, who is struggling, who is hurting, who is wounded, We declare salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation. I just want to read something. It says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His wonders among all the peoples. For the Lord is great and great to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods for all the gods all the peoples are idols of the peoples are idols but the lord made the heavens honor and majesty are before him strength and gladness are in his place give to the lord o families of the peoples give to the lord glory and strength give to the lord the glory due his name bring an offering and come before him o worship the lord in the beauty of holiness Tremble before him all the earth. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. And let them say among the nation, the Lord reigns. Can we declare that this morning as we go back into worship? Let's just do that right now. The Lord reigns in Jesus' name. The Lord reigns in Jesus' name. So I thank you, Lord, that the promise, promise is hanging in the air over this place. The promise of God, the things that he has promised you, the land that he has promised you to enter in, that promised land, 
Derek brought that word in the prayer room, and it just hasn't let me go. And I see promise hanging in the air. And it's just going to take that extra five inches stretch to reach for it and lay hold of the promise of God. Things that he has promised you in your life that you just seem to have bounced around in the wilderness. You just seem to have bounced around. And you haven't been able to make that leap, to make that, that, that crossover, to make that crossover to the promise that he has given you. So, so I thank you, Lord, for the grace of God that you would stir up in us, Lord, that faith, Lord, that gift of faith to make that extra last stretch to lay hold of the promise of God, the things that you have promised us, the things that are already given. They're already given. We just need to lay hold. We just need to lay hold. So I thank you for that this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord, for that gift of faith. Help our unbelief that we may believe in the promise that you have given us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to lay hold of it, that last stretch. This is that last stretch of faith, that last stretch of belief, to believe upon you what you have given that we lay hold of this morning, Father. God, we stretch this morning. God, we stretch our spirits this morning, God. We must have the things you promised us, God. We put everything in us, God. Today we stretch ourselves, God. If you say our promises are right here, God, then we stretch ourselves, God. God, we must have you, God. God, I must have you this morning, God. I must encounter you this morning, God. I need more than a church service this morning, God. I need encounter this morning, God. God, all I see is sand. All I see is the beating sun, God. But I declare that you are a God of rivers and you are a God of rain. And so, God, rain upon my life, God. Stretch forth from heaven this morning, God, and meet me this morning, God. Meet this congregation, God. God, we declare complete, complete need on you, God. I put everything I have, God, on the line. I need you this morning, God. You know, I think this song paints the picture of exactly what we need to do. Rebecca prayed that we would encounter him, and in order to encounter him, we have to come before him. You know, I was sitting with some of the young adults uh, last week, and we were talking about this. What does it mean to encounter something? And so I asked them a question. I said, well, if you want to encounter a bear, what do you have to do? They kind of looked at me funny, as some of you are. I said, well, seriously, what do you have to do if you want to encounter a bear? Because you're not going to walk outside in Spruce Grove and see a bear. And so, of course, they started to tell me, well, you got to get in your vehicle. You got to drive to Jasper. You got to maybe go for a hike. You got to look around. And I said, exactly. And it's the same thing here is if we want to encounter the Father, this is the posture we take. We come to the well. We come before Him. We sit before Him, not just on Sunday, but all the time. In our prayer closets, in our car, in Sunday church, we come to the well. And the more we seek Him, we will find Him. I found Him. There's many that have. Father, we desire you. We desire to know you more. We desire to do what Jackie said. We want to stretch a little bit more. 
We want to just get past that one side of us, that part of us that wants to quit or just doesn't feel it can do it. Father, we want to push past that this morning. So, Father, we say yes. We will choose to go to the well. So we say thank you, Lord, for what you're already speaking to our hearts this morning and reminding us that we just need to come. We need to come before you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in just a minute here, uh, one of our elders, Cam, is going to be sharing with us as a church today. He shared a couple months back, and he did an amazing job, so we know he's going to do an amazing job today. But he's really, really sick, but he still came today to do this, so we're so blessed he's going to do this in a second. Any visitors, this is my normal speaking voice, just so you know. (laughs) Ha ha, you all don't have one of these. This stuff has been churning in me for months now. God's doing something in me, but... I want to set a tone first. This is a declaration that God is making over us. This is stuff that is taking place whether you like it or not. God is at work. You're either totally engaged right alongside him going, yes, 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 I'm with you, or to a degree, it's going to be happening to you. I'm in a a season that is the second lap. Anybody here made a lap through the wilderness where you didn't pass the test and you got to do it again? Okay, well, I'm in, do it again. I failed a test in business here, I don't know, a year or two years ago. And God is good. He said, awesome. We're going to let you try that one again. I went, thank you, Jesus. Genesis starts with there were two trees. There was a tree of life and there was a tree of death, also known as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve eat from that tree, not that tree. Problems ensue, curses are unleashed, etc., and we end up with a long rolling problem. The problem is, is that the result of eating from this tree is all of your effort to try and reconnect back to God. Cain presents an offering to God. God doesn't accept it because Cain did what he wanted to do. He offered God what he thought was valuable, not what God thought was valuable. Abel was the contrary. Abel heard God, responded to what God wanted. And so I'm digging around in this season, doing another lap, trying to figure out what did I do wrong. So let let me paint the story. In business, I was trying to do everything the way that the world does business, trying to find the advantages, trying to get all the leverage, trying to, you know, perform the letter of the law of the contract that I signed and nothing further unless you give me more money. Guess how that turned out for me? Not well. And I was battling, struggling, toiling. Grab that word toil because we're going to go there in a little bit. So I would end up in arguments. I would end up in struggles. I would end up with email battles going back and forth. It's not fair. It's not right. This clause in the contract, that clause in the contract, I don't care. And it it would get to the point. It would get to the point where the person with the most power in that kind of a battle wins. If the checks stop getting paid, doesn't matter whether you are contractually right. Cash flow has to happen. And so in that season... A year or two years ago, I failed that test because I couldn't shift into, how do I do business by the Spirit? So time goes by, and then, woohoo, the start of the grade again. And this time, as I'm going through this course, God's got me standing a little bit closer to this guy. And we're friends, and I love Benny and whatnot, but in the last several months, I've noticed a jealousy growing in my heart because... You can just see favor sliding downhill towards this guy. In business, contracts, selling houses, money coming, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what the? It's not fair, God. And he kind of do a little tap on the shoulder and say, okay, well, what's he doing different than you? Okay, you've got a point. 
So I start diving in. I start recognizing this toil thing that we're going to come to in the Scripture. And I talk to Ben, and, I, you know, and I'm laying my heart out to him. I, I told him this already, so there's no surprises here. And Benny has made a point of saying, listen, you have got to hear what God is saying. Do what God says to do. Forget about the results. That's not yours. And, I mean, you know this stuff. But it's the difference between knowing it and knowing it. So here I am in the second lap of this course, and toil is popping up. And so I, because I'm, I'm being well-rounded and whatever, I'm trying to read business books, and I'm trying to get better understanding so that I can pass the test this time. Got tutors, got extra textbooks, etc. So I'm reading this book uh, by a fella out of Bethel, and I'm reading about money. And he introduces this idea that in the New Testament, the word evil appears over a hundred times. But more than half of those times, the word evil is not evil. Like the nature evil, like the, the condition evil. More than half the time, the word in Greek is poneros, <clears throat> which is, the root word is toil. I sat up. Okay, so now I'm starting to sniff this out a little bit and go, okay, what, something, what's going on? So I grab the concordance. I flip open the concordance, and there's a hundred scriptures listed in the New Testament, and I'm going, bam, 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 reading through to try and understand, what are you saying, God? So let me throw some examples at you of how a scripture can change. Let's jump to Matthew 9, verse 1. Jesus is in public. He's got some of the scribes in front of him. Uh, They bring up a paralytic man to him, and Jesus says, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes immediately are concerned. This man's blaspheming. And Jesus, oh, this man blasphemes. Verse 4, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? That word evil is not the other word, kakos. This word is poneros. And so what he's saying is, Why are you working this out painfully in your heart? Why is this churning in you? Because poneros is about the pain and the suffering that comes from toil. So I'm like, okay, all right, then why are they in such turmoil? Well, these are the scribes. This is Israel. They're used to seeing the temple. They're used to seeing animal sacrifice and the blood splashed against the altar. They're used to seeing the work involved in forgiveness. And here's a guy casually saying, your sins are forgiven. Okay, they're so embedded in the work of it. How does this happen? So a little further down, you know, Jesus, he's discerned it, but he says, so that you know that I can do this, get up and walk. Toil, the working out of natural strength from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, that's interesting. Let's see if that still continues through some of the other stuff then. So let's jump to John John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. I am ahead of you. God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has already been judged because he's not believed in the name. This is the judgment. The lights come into the world. Men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Again, it's not kakos. It's poneros. 
Men loved darkness because their deeds were born out of toil and works. Okay, this is interesting. So there's several other places that this word pops up. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, gives us day. But deliver us from evil. Again, not kakos, not evil, not the devil, not, you know, world powers of dark. Deliver us from the pain of toil. John 17, Jesus praying that last glorious, meaty prayer. Father, I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you deliver them from poneros. Not the devil. Deliver them from painful working, toiling. And so in my journey, I'm still going, okay, I've got to land this in my life. It's one thing to have it up here. You know, you could talk about verb tenses and whether the word is an adjective or a noun or both and whatnot. And it, I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole in Greek, let me tell you. I'm doing better on this lap because the same company that I was battling with two years ago, I have a contract with them again. It's the same project manager, same guy. And he's expecting me to behave the same way that I did last time. So he's ready for a battle. He's, he's, he's got the argument key on his computer set. The light is on. So I took him for lunch. And I sat down and I said, all right, you know what? It sucked working on that last project because of the battling we did. I don't want to do it. So here's the thing. You need to get a job done. You need a building that's going to be operational and effective and whatnot. We're going to help you do it. And I'm going to trust you to do good by me. And even if you don't, I'm looked after. Well, the guy's eyebrows went up so hard, just but went over the back of his head. And he didn't get it right away because we got to a thing that, you know, we need you to do this thing and whatever. And, and it was brought up in the context of it. It could be a change order, so what would it cost? So I send him a cost, and he immediately, because he still had the light on on that argue button, you can't do that to me. The kind of, I'm like, whoa. Hey, man, I was just giving you a price. If you were getting something extra, this is what our cost would be. If this isn't, it's fine. Just say so. And you kind of get that, huh? In the email back going, okay, just make it go away then. No problem. And now at this point, whether I get extra money out of this contract or not, doesn't matter. I can tell you that the experience of working this way is so much more peaceful. And I'm not laying awake at night. My wife will remember. The last time I would lie awake at night, I would wake up in the argument. Ah! Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cackles. So I find it interesting this morning in all that we are singing and we're worshiping because we're saying our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. So many other things along those lines about reassigning our hearts to say you are our source. But how many of us know this is a process? You didn't get saved and suddenly become Olympic gold medal champion in Christianity. There's something seriously wrong with me. Can you jump to 1 John 2? 1 John 2, 11. Uh, Okay, well, let's start at verse 12 then. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I'm writing to you, fathers, 
because you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you've overcome the evil one. I've written to you, children, because you know the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. There's three groups here. Little children, young men, fathers. So which group is it that has overcome the evil one? Is it the children? It's the young men. So salvation comes at the beginning. Child of God. But then the process of starting to grow up, before you hit maturity, you run into, you've overcome the evil one. Guess which word evil is there? It's not kakos. It's poneros. The growth of maturity is learning to deal with all the work that's produced from toil, your own efforts, and all the pains that go with that. So this is the Bible telling you there is a process. It's happening. So we are all in process, and we can go at different paces depending on how much we agree and how much we invest and whatnot, but we're all in process. The thing that's not on the line at all, little children, salvation is not on the line process of working this part out is the thing that you're in right now. Salvation, you're not winning or losing it based on how well you're doing. But there is a degree at this young man's stage where you get to work it out. So what does working it out look like? First, hear. Hear a word from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need a rhema. God says something to you. He starts it. You don't start it. Two, believe. If he says it and you don't believe it, dead in the water right there. And believe takes a lot of our struggle because we, we've got our ingrown stuff. We've got our generational stuff. We've got our mother-father stuff. We've got our own weaknesses and all that kind of... So we're working that part out. Three, do If you hear it and you believe it, you go to do it. James is all about faith has action. You can't hide in your corner and just go, I believe God. I believe God, I'm going to be a billionaire. You got to get out there and do some things. Sometimes it's speaking it out. And I mean, I can tell you in the business world, the business actualization stuff is all about you got to see it, you got to speak it, and then you got to chase it. They know this works. Fourth, inspect. If you thought you heard something, you believed it, you took some action to go do it, then stop to see what happened. What was the fruit? So in my case, the first lap, I'm awake at night, I'm completely you know, hammering on the keyboards, all trouble. Second round, if I pass this test, it doesn't even have to do with money. That could happen, which would be cool. But peace is what's happening now. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So how do you know which source you're in? What's coming out? And then you get to do another one. Hear, believe, do, inspect. And the stakes change. God will give you a simple one to start. And it gets steadily more interesting until the point where you get stand up in a restaurant 
and pray the Aaronic blessing. Now, most of my Christian life, I have generally spent in safety. Inside the church, I've been permitted a certain stature. I can say certain things. I can do certain things, and I'm, I can get away with stuff. But it's a different thing when I step outside. I haven't worked out faith in the same way. But this place is a gym for practicing so that you can do it out there. So that we can do it out there. And so people are doing it out there. Anybody in the room brave enough to say, I'm not hearing God as much as I would like? Okay. Do you know the root for why you're not hearing God so much? I'm not saying I do. I'm just, I'm asking you. I've got some ideas for my life. Part of my problem is that I don't go there. I don't go see the bears enough. So my challenge is, Go find the bears. Do it more often. Go find other stuff. Do it more often. When we're in a group like this on a Sunday morning or prayer on Wednesday night or Friday morning or whatnot, I find it a lot easier because I'm going with people who want to go see a bear too. And we generally find bears. But that's the difference is we've got to decide going to find bears is more important than what I've been doing. So this church has been prophesied over for this season. This is the season of the open door. Doesn't mean your obedience or whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the season is the open door. And here about a month ago, I woke up from a dream where what I saw in the dream was people who had never spoken and their tongue was stuck to the roof of their mouth. Suddenly their tongue came loose and they started to speak. And what it meant to me in the language that I've developed with God and whatnot is he is releasing spirits in this season for people to get into the spirit and get going. It is what is happening. The door is open. And now what do we want to do about it? And it doesn't matter what your past failures were. It doesn't matter whether you obeyed or didn't obey before. It doesn't matter. God is releasing a faith. And I, I stumbled into it this morning. I, I wasn't in this place of you know, the preach, the declare. I, I wasn't there, but by the end of the worship, it went to there. This is the time and the hour for things to change. Stuff is going to change. It's going to change. It is happening. Now, just because I'm curious, when I'm saying this, who's feeling it stir inside them? Okay, so there's a bunch of us that are feeling it. If you're not feeling it right now, that's fine. It's not about the feeling. But something specific is taking place, and you can agree with it, just line up. I believe, help my unbelief. Because that's another part to this whole process as well, is I've got some unbelief in me. There's things that I'm not sure about. Last Sunday when Mark was teaching on this stuff, I saw like the desert sands blow away and a stone was in the sand. I was like, wow, that's crazy. What is that? And the first thing the Lord said to me is, it's a stumbling block. And I went, oh, wow. He said, yeah, that one's your stumbling block. It's, you know, you didn't do what I wanted you to. That's my personal stumbling block. 
Way back in the day, I went overseas on a missions trip. I prayed for a blind guy. This was the first big step out. I'm going to pray for healing, and this is going to be awesome. Whoa! Nothing happened. And that closed down a chunk of my heart for decades. I wouldn't pray for healing. I didn't believe him. But in that moment when I saw that stumbling stone, he said, People have their own stumbling blocks, but did you know those could also be foundation stones? It's all in how you view it. And so that's what I feel like we've got an opportunity in this open door season is the things that have been stumbling blocks to us can become things we step up on. If we can shift sources out of the toil, out of the poneros, into faith. And the grace on this house is to do that in this season. And so all I got left now is just to pray. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking that you encounter us, that you meet us, that you lure us out of our day-to-day lives, lure us out of our poneros, lure us out and into your spirit, into faith. Cancel out regrets and doubts and fears from the things that we've tried in the past that didn't work and move us in to daring and brave faith. We're asking for new experiences with you so that our belief and trust in you can be deepened, that our hearts can be expanded to love. In Jesus' name. Cam, I want to thank you for sharing. Uh, In closing, what I felt, it's funny you brought the healing thing up because one of the things I felt as a church is uh, just wanted to pray for people today in the area of healing. And uh, James came to my mind, James 5. And it talks about, are there any among you suffering? They should keep on praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually sing and praise the Lord. Are any among you sick? They should call on the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who has committed sin will be forgiven.